Good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's doing well. Happy middle of the week, whatever day it is for you. It's Tuesday, I think, for me. For those that are joining live, thanks so much for being here live. For those that are tuning in on demand, thanks for tuning in wherever you're tuning in. If you want to come in live, you always can do so. Um, it's streaming Facebook live on my Facebook, on Momentum's Facebook. We also have a Zoom call that we, uh, that we do as well. Um, so if you want, just reach out to us, Charlie at Charlie Harari, and we'll get you all the information. We've been talking a lot about this idea of speech. Speech is complex. Um, it's complex on so many levels because it's not just the words we say, it's the impact that the words we say have on our brains. If our brains are neuroplastic, if our brains are always adapting, if they're always changing, that means we have to figure out how to change it. And there are ways to change it. If you're, if you want to, if you've got a bug in your system, someone's got to sit behind some console and code to make sure that it's adapting for the issues in front of it. But if you're working with your brain, you know, there's nobody working the code. There's no one in the back pulling out the little file called, I'm scared when I do this, and then sort of like shifting the code a little bit. So, but there are ways in which we can do it. And the ways in which we can do it are repetition. Thought changes our connections, which changes our minds. And what we've been doing is trying to come up with ways in which we can hack our brains, recognizing that if I can just get control of my brain, then I could slowly shift it to doing the things that I wanted to be doing and living the life that I wanted to be living. Now, the earlier you're hearing this, the better. Because as one gets older, there's more solidification of behaviors and of thoughts. But the beautiful thing about life is that it's always potentially changeable. And sometimes if you're older and you're hearing this, you have perspective, which is much different than when you were younger. So we've been in this world of speech and in the world of speech, we've been, we've been trying to ex uncover the impact of speech. The, the idea that my words have no value somehow seems to have taken hold. And it's not true. It has no value maybe with regards to action vis-a-vis -vis the physical world, but regards to my brain, it has a lot of value. It has a lot of impact on how I think. Negative speech is shifting my brain. When I speak negatively about somebody else, forget what it's doing in the spiritual world. Maybe we can have a class on that. And I'll just give you like a one-liner just to understand that, you know, sort of the spiritual world is built into the world of judgment and fairness. When someone does something, there is, uh, so to speak, a, uh, an obligation, if you will, like uh, that there's, if, if one does something wrong, for the most part in the spiritual world, will there be any level of consequence sometimes comes down to whether somebody says something about them. And it's, it's a whole talk and topic about what one can do about bad speech. And when you hear it and understand it, you would never speak badly about the people that you love. It's only going to bring whatever on them. God forbid. But forget the spiritual part. We're going to talk about the, the mind. When somebody speaks ill of other people, they're just reinforcing in their brains bad scripts. We all have bad scripts. We all have scripts that we've heard. We've all have scripts that we've digested. 
We've all had scripts that we've told ourselves and it's almost impossible to trace it because it's so complex. You know, we were, um, this week we had a situation where um, somebody in my family took a, a test for the virus. Now they had, this person had antibodies and apparently you're not supposed to take a test with antibodies because it can pick up what they call a false positive. So the, they did it, they didn't know, and then they did it again, and the first one was positive, the second one was negative, whatever. And they had, in the aftermath of whether this, they did have the virus, they don't have the virus, what we realized when we were trying to put the pieces together was regardless of whether someone does or doesn't have the virus, if you have to go into this protocol of, um, if let's assume you have to tell people, the in incredible amount of people that are interconnected with other people is unbelievable. Like if you took about one or two degrees of separation from anybody that is rel relatively active, you're talking about thousands and thousands of people that you are two degrees of separation from at any one moment. Your brain has got that times 100. It's constantly making connections. So if you had a thought here and a thought here, you heard this once, you saw this in a, in a show, you saw this in a, in, a, in a, you were in class here, you saw this happening to somebody else, you were at your desk and you overhear a conversation, you have no idea where your script comes from. And so we can't trace back our scripts and like blame our fourth grade teacher for saying that. Sometimes if you have like a big moment on a peak or in a valley, but for the most part, the the way we form our internal voice is so complex that it's almost impossible to trace where it came from, which means you could be walking around with a script about yourself that came at you from a place you had no intention of it coming at you and got reinforced because it just got reinforced life. And here's the challenge with that. You allow every voice in your head to have equal weight to every other voice. Now you're basically allowing the entire world to live in your house. Your house is just open to the street. That means everyone could just walk around in your brain, say whatever they want. They have equal voice to just voice their opinions. Can you imagine what life would look like if every single human being, it's bad enough dealing with what we have to got to deal with. Can you imagine if everybody had an opinion? that we had to take seriously. Everybody had a theory that we'd have to listen to. Can you imagine if every theory that is going on on the internet right now needs to be dealt with by somebody? Can you imagine the level of waste and destruction? Well, that could be our brains. Our brains could be processing other people's issues just in our heads. It's like, we always talk about that with email. Email is just organizing somebody else's problems. So sometimes you have to, but if your whole life is answering email, if the way we sit at our desk and go, I hope I get through my email today, all you're doing is someone else's to-do list. If our whole life is just listening to our voice inside our heads indiscriminately, that means like we have no ability to discern between what we should and shouldn't listen to. It's just the same voice. That means we have no clue if what we're really doing is regurgitating someone's self-conscious issues. You have no idea if because our fifth grade teacher shouldn't have been teaching in the first place and they took it out in the class that year, if I'm going to just re replay that, you have no idea if some crazy boss who thinks that he's the center of the universe 
and has zero people skills is now going to play in my whole career. So how do we deal with it? So we started talking about this yesterday and we're going to, it's a complicated topic that we have to delve in together, but I want to introduce it here now, which is the idea of gaining visibility to your thoughts. This stuff has been popularized with the mindfulness movement. There's a book called, um, I think it's The Power of Now with Eckhart Tolle who speaks about it. There's a lot on this. It's not just one person. But the way one deals with their thoughts is as follows, in my opinion. So let me play out a scenario for you. In the, in the older days, the way movies used to work, I never went to, I, maybe when I was younger, I went to these movies. I'm not sure. I'm sure when I was younger, I went to these movies. Not maybe. I am positive that I went to these movies when I was younger. In the older days, when a, you'd go to see a movie in a theater, from what I understand, you would have a dark room, and in the back of the room was a projector. Actually, I know this for sure, because I remember now that I'm thinking about it as a, as a young person looking at that projector. If my understanding of how a projector works is if you go into the projector room, what's happening is a projector is really a very strong, powerful light. And the light is shining through a film. On the film are images and if you if I've got to, if, if you've got to go back a decade for this to be true, go back a decade. Whenever this was true, go back with me. The film goes through, and as the film goes through, the projector is shining, and the projector is shining through an image, and that image is being portrayed on a screen in front of the theater. So at some point, the way images were portrayed on screens was it was a light shining through a whole real of images and you'd have a movie that was a reel and it would shine through the image, the, the light and the light would give it that life. And then as it passed the as the screen passes the light, the light hits it and then it projects it onto the screen. If a person is sitting and watching, that person just sees the images. But if you turn around, what you realize is the two things that are critical here is that you need to have film the light without the film won't work. It'd just be light. But you need to have light. The the light shines through the lens before projection. Okay. Whenever this, how this works. This is it. just, thank you, Rochelle. It's just, the light and the film are two entirely dependent pieces of this equation. If the light, if the film would come down and there would be no light, would the person sitting in the room see anything? And the answer is no. So if you can almost think about it, what is, what is giving life, what is giving life to the film is the light, right? As that film comes down, if the, someone turns off the projector, this, by the way, if I remember correctly, was how the mafia would control Hollywood. 
because they went and they realized that you can make all the films in the world, but if you don't go, if you're not able to shine the projectors, you can't show the films. So they actually secured the support from the projectors union. If you go back to the days, if I remember my mafia history when I was reading about them, it was incredible. The Lucky Luciano days. I think this was post-Lucky, after Lucky Luciano was exiled to Italy. Whoever was the next generation after Lucky, that's what they would do. They would go to Hollywood and they would control the, project, the projectors' unions, which would then control the, the theaters, which would then control Hollywood. That's how they would, um, that's how they would blackmail the Hollywood execs because they understood out that light, out that projector, that film is useless. In many ways, if you're watching a movie by sitting in the audience, you have no idea what's going on. It's just like, wow, that's cool. If you go into the booth and you see these two independent pieces to the movie, you understand that both are required. In many ways, that's how our thoughts work. If you're living cluelessly about your mind, you don't understand that a lot of our thoughts are just speech that is coming into our consciousness because of neuroplasticity. Even before we get into the world where there's thoughts that come in from the ether, which is a more spiritual concept. But let's assume we don't even get to spirituality. Let's just stay in the world of, of, of the physical brain. There are things you pick up you didn't realize. There are things your subconscious brain picks up when you walk down the street that you're not even conscious of, right? When you can walk down the street, there are things that you just don't see that you're seeing, but your brain sees it. There are conversations that you forget about at night, but your brain doesn't. There are thoughts that you have during the day that you've forgotten about and you dream about it at night. It's still there. So just the fact that there are thoughts populating into your mind doesn't necessarily mean that that is who you are. Just like it means that just because you happen to reach for the ice cream when you get nervous, doesn't mean that you're a person that reaches the ice cream. Who you are is, a, is your soul or it's consciousness. That consciousness is not bound by your body. The whole goal of life is to take your consciousness, your spirituality, and get it to work for you, get your body to work for it. Since we don't really know where our soul is because our soul comes from a different place, our brains are physical and our soul is spiritual, the only way we can get to our soul is through a process of elimination. We don't know what it is, so we try to figure out what it's not. So it's, when I'm young, I think I'm my hands. As I get older, I can start saying, no, 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 I'm not my hands. And then I get older. I'm not really my brain. As you get older, you can start to eliminate out all the things that the essential you is not. So the I that is essentially yours is not your body. It's not your heart. It's not even your brain because your brain is the computer that is processing your life. That's why you can change your brain. If you were your brain, you couldn't change your brain because then you would change yourself. The only reason we can change our brain is because we have some measure of control over our computer to whatever extent that we can. So that means that there are thoughts that come into our, our, our consciousness that really aren't ours. And as soon as we start to realize that, we can start to change it. And we may not be able to stop the thought, 
just huge mistake. Oh my God, how did I think that? It's crazy. I'm, I can't believe, I can't believe that a thought came up. Oh my God, I think I'm nervous. I must be nervous. I must be nervous. I must be nervous. Otherwise, why would I think this? I told you the story about that person who called, who had some issue, and I and I gave them a pretty simple solution. They're like, "But why does it happen to me for? But why does it happen to you for? How can my friends don't happen?" I'm like, "I have no idea why." But if you're gonna get lost in philosophy, your whole life you're gonna be sitting around like pondering yourself. Then just stop asking why for two seconds. Here's how your brain can deal with it. Just I got it. Like, yeah, your friend doesn't have this issue. Like, we got it. I'm sorry that you have this issue, and they don't. But if you spend your whole brain power trying to figure out why you and you have no answer, what have you done? Just hack the brain. We know how this part works. So just do this enough times until it starts feeling like you. Uh, but, but why? But why? Everything in my head is the same. But think about it. What if you, the consciousness, was really the light? Not the film. The light. Which means... When that thought comes in front of your eyes, when that thought pops into your head, you have a choice to either let it pass through or to shine a light on it. That's the difference. We'll talk about this again, but I want to just nail this before the end of the day. When you have a thought, that thought is as alive as a a screen of film. It's all it is. Whether it came from old thinking, whether it came from subconsciousness, whether it came from the ether, whether God put it into your head because he wanted to, it don't matter. It's not you. It's like watching a ticker go across your screen. You're not the stocks. You just see the stock. You're not the news. Your The thoughts in your head is like a ticker. I can't believe this. I thought this. I'm so scared of this. It's a ticker. And it constantly, constantly, constantly. Yeah, very goodly run. Like, like, a, like a cloud. It's like a cloud. It passes. That's not you. That's what's being given to you. We are the projector. Our job is to say, whoa, I'm shining light on this thought. I like this thought. I want this to feel real. Or, oh, let this one pass. I'm not doing this. I'm not, I'm not doing, I'm not, nope, no, 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 no. I don't like this thought. Keep on moving. I'm going to distract myself because I'm not looking forward to this thought again. If we can create even the smallest chasm, the smallest block today, right now, forget in our feelings, in our brains, between what comes into my head and how I feel about it, we're starting to take control of maybe the greatest adversary we have. This may be the most important thing we're doing because once you can gain visibility, create distance to your thoughts. Now you're not listening to everything that comes in your head. Now you can begin to overcome the negative thinking. Now you can begin to create new scripts because you start to see them for what they are. They're just scripts. They're just scripts. They're just, it's like rituals. It's like habits. Just muscle memory. I will continue this. Try doing this today if you can. Just look for it. All you got to do today, if, you, if you're listening to this or whenever you hear this, all you got to do is take, do it for five thoughts. Don't overdo it. Five thoughts today. All you got to do when you have a thought, 
try to create a distance between the thought and you. Just look at it. Well, that's interesting. He said what? Oh, that's interesting. I get really upset at this. Really nerd. I really want to eat that. That's interesting. Get this voice. You're hungry. Eat. You're hungry. Eat. 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 Say that. Say that. Get upset. Get upset. Upset. He all. He always says that. I can never do that. Men are always. Women are always. The government is always. You hear these thoughts just come across. Just stop and watch them. Just watch them. Okay. Really appreciate it, guys. Thank you so so much for being here. With God's help, I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow on the Daily Boost.